Hey, everybody. Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, a show to uplift and inspire women and our families, where we tell you not our truth, but the truth with the sweetness of the feminine, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us as women in our vocation in whatever state of life we may be in. I'm so happy to be with you today. I'm Stacy Galino, your host, and I'm especially excited to introduce to you my co-host today, Erin Berryhill Franco, the humble handmaid. Good morning. How are you, darling? Doing wonderful. And as you know, we have some extra sweet beauty sitting next to us today, Erin. We've got as our guest today, I'm so excited, so excited, Dina DePaula. Welcome, Dina. It's great to be back. I love being here and sharing this time with you all. Oh, it's such a blessing. I, I, I was saying, I said, you know, if people haven't figured out by now that this is a show that is uh, run by Southern women, you will today because there's going to be <laughs> some serious southern sweetness up in here today as we talk about our topic today advent all things advent you know we're we're coming up to that season of advent one of my favorite favorite liturgical seasons and dina precious heart is a, such an expert <laughs> on advent both in theory and in theology and in concept but in the practical how do we make our home reflect our prayer our advent season and so that's why thank you so much for being oh, here you're with us this Get, is one of my favorite times of the year me really too me too and you're going to hear about the color purple later i just want to give you a preview <laughs> but you know girls that we always start faith and good counsel off with prayer. And so I will offer this prayer. If you will join me in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Loving God source of my ultimate longing. You have reached out to your people through the gift of your incarnate son today in a special way. I start anew my spiritual journey toward the stable where I seek to encounter the babe of Bethlehem. Be with me. Guide me, teach me, strengthen me, and inspire me during this journey. Draw me into closer union with you as I put forth my best effort to prepare for the coming of Christ so that I may truly present him with a gift worth giving on Christmas Day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. And I found this beautiful prayer in a book that I just discovered, Advent and Christmas Wisdom from Pope John Paul II. What? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there's also one. There's several of them. There's another one that I, I'm loving, too. It's the same book, Advent and Christmas Wisdom from St. Francis. And again, there are mm. multiple ones, but there's so much beauty contained. And that's one of the things we could do is each year incorporate another Something resource new. in prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, blessed Pope John Paul, soon to be Saint, blessed John Paul speaking to us and leading us through Advent. How, how much better can it get? So, yeah. So, you know, again, Dina, I really regard you um, as my personal expert on Advent. <laughs> and I remember last year when you uh, were with us, both on Wake Up Louisiana and on Faith and Good Counsel, talking about Advent. And I shared with you you may remember that I'm a convert. And 30 years, thank you very much. I just had my 30th anniversary of being Happy a Catholic. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. On St. Monica's Feast Day, no accidents. That's a story for another day. Wow. But, yeah, think about that for a moment. Yes. But I still am learning about Advent. 
I know it's I, such a great season. It's such a great season, and that's why I have you back here as we approach the Advent season. I'm sure there are other listeners, both Catholic and non-Catholic, that wonder what's the deal with Advent. I mean, we're hearing already holly jolly Christmas in, right. in stores <laughs> and Christmas music on the radio and Christmas decorations. It's not Christmas yet, right? Not yet. Not what is yet. Advent? Maybe talk to us a little bit. Start off. Yeah, there. because you know Christmas doesn't start until. Easter Christmas Vigil, which is exactly. the 24th of December, that's right. liturgically speaking, that's anyway. Right. So that's point number one. And the church is so incredibly uh, profound in her wisdom to set a time and a space, a preparation of major days that we celebrate in the life of being a Christian. And, you know, of course, before Easter, we have 40 days of preparation for yes. Lent. Yes. And we mock what the Lord did as he went into the desert for 40 days. And we prepare for 40 days of probably one of the most powerful events mm-hmm. that the world has ever seen and witnessed. So hitherto, we go back to Advent and Christmas because without Christmas, Easter would be impossible. Exactly. Right? Without the incarnation, mm-hmm. Easter would not have happened. Mm-hmm. But then we even go back before that. And the four weeks preceding Christmas Day, we have time of preparation, uh, getting ready for the journey, the expectation, the anticipation, the hopefulness of what is to come. So we begin with the Annunciation. Right. And we think about Mary's ultimate, absolute yes. That fiat. Yes. The complete fiat, the complete, absolute yes, surrender to the Lord, um, you know, this is not in my plan, but that's okay because I'm going to go with you. And you not know. really knowing what she was surrendering to, except that she was surrendering to her creator. Right, right, definitely. And I say absolute yes, because there are times in our lives where we say absolutely yes, mm-hmm. Lord. That's then right. there are times in our lives where we partially say, uh, <laughs> yes, but. Okay. We have the yes, but. <laughs> yeah, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I hear you, Lord. And then you go do kind of partially what he's mm-hmm. asking you to mm-hmm. do. So the complete surrender. So Advent is an opportunity for us to increase the absoluteness in our yes. You know, it's our preparation. I do try to avoid um, the holly jolly season of yes. the holiday is what people call it. Um, and think about the spiritual journey to Christmas. So that's why I try to surround um, our home environment. It's easy for me at, at work. You know, because right. I work for church. That's true. And so we, we're completely, entirely enraptured in, you know, the gift of the faith at, right. at work. Um, but, you know, at home, sometimes you get distracted by different things that are coming on, celebrations on TV, which are good. The Christmas schools are all good. In but, the traffic with reindeer ears on the car. And yeah. the noses in the front of the car, which, which is hysterical. Pro, you know, it, 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 going into the stores and hearing Christmas music in October, which I did in mm-hmm. New York City. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. I'm like, wait, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm very confused. But you know, the good thing is there's a joyfulness in the anticipation of Christmas. Yes. Even though sometimes we there's a secular movement that seems to overpower, overwhelm the spirituality behind it. There is a certain, you know, era of joyfulness. Right. You know, which is wonderful. And you taste that, you know, you smell the aroma, you, you feel everything around you. There's more of an excitement. 
There's also the counterpart, which is the stress, you know. Yes. It gets into, you know, with finances and presents and all, which is a whole nother show in the giving, you <laughs> right. know. Of, Prudence and of, temperance and shopping. And the ultimate gifts of, you know, what's important because I think people get really bogged down and upset if they can't give as much as they would right. like to. That's right. And that really hand. becomes a focus. Especially, you know, this day and age, it's just tight. Everything's kind of tight right now, but, mm-hmm. you know, gas prices are down, so that's good. We can afford a little bit more. So you have to see the balance in the whole thing. There's nothing wrong with this secularness, you know, of the Advent season, what we call it. But there's also a place where you have to find balance and meaning and purpose Mm -hmm. and quiet. So that's why a lot of parishes offer many opportunities for prayerfulness, you know. And look at the intentionality behind liturgy. You know, when you walk into Mass on the first weekend of Advent, Everything changes. Right. The whole, I mean, it's really pretty green right now, lush. We've got crotons in the church and, you know, the banners are all kind of Thanksgiving colors and we're celebrating this season of gratitude as we were culminating the liturgical year right. with the Feast of Christ the King. Yes. So we're celebrating our King, you know, yes. the gloriousness of our King and the one who came for us, the one who died and rose for us, the one who gives us eternal life. So you hear right now here at the end of the liturgical year, you're hearing all of these kind of rapture stories and right. death and resurrection to be prepared. You don't know the time of the day. And then we go into you know, the beauty of the Christ the King. Everything's white, pure, glorious, wonderful. The next weekend, it's all gone. Right. It's gone. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's all contrast. It's very much mm-hmm. so the church is stripped. It's bare. Accordingly with some of the, you know, the what the church calls us to do as far as decoration and decor of the church. And the banners turn purple. And all of a sudden you're going, wait a minute, are we in Lent? Why, why is it purple? Purple is so connected with Lent. Actually, purple is a connection, number one, of royalty. Right. So we're still mm-hmm. carrying on the message of Christ the King. But number two, it's a sign of reverence and power that we are created of a higher power. So we, we, we kneel to that. We bow to that. And we clothe ourselves in the robe of the king. But at the same time, we reverence him. And we think about what he has done for us. You know, that moment of gratitude where you're like, I bow down to you. So what can I get back for you this season? So you have four solid weeks of preparation. Now, people prepare longer for weddings. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> So you got to get it all in in four weeks. So what kind of preparation are you talking about? Is it more make sure we get to confession once, penitential, or simplify? Or, you know, what would be a word that we can just keep in mind as a mantra for our personal spiritual life during Advent? The one that I try to keep in mind is humility. Oh, Mm, that's a good one. There's a humbleness Mm -hmm. um, in, in the walk towards the incarnation. And think about Mary's humble, yes. Okay, who am I that my Lord and Savior, you know, Elizabeth actually proclaims that to her too, the visitation. visitation. Who am I that the mother of my Lord and Savior comes to me? Her humbleness in receiving Mary and knowing who she is carrying in her womb. Right. I think of those words, I am the the handmaid of the Lord. Right. Be it done unto me according to thy word, though she knew not what was coming. She had no clue. She had no clue. Yeah. But she knew that it was an ultimate gift, you know, and when you know that, that let's say you're anticipating a big event in your life and you know you're going to get presents. I think about my daughter and her graduation, you know, coming <laughs> up in May, and she's anticipating these wonderful gifts 
to her which are passing. But think about the ultimate gift in the incarnation, which never passes, which always has been and will be and will forever will be in present and then in the days to come. So we think about the humility when we bow down to him. So how do we bow down to our Lord Jesus, to our Heavenly Father daily? You know, how do you wake up in the morning? Um, or do you wake up with a prayer? Do you wake up with, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I don't want to get out of bed today. It's so cold outside. <laughs> you know, Probably anybody down here. Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything below 70 degrees. It's a little <laughs> chilly for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, how do we bow down? So how do we prepare? So when you're thinking about preparing for a feast or for an event, how do you prepare your hearts for that? How do you center yourself? And then you, you pick up with that journey. There's so many reflection booklets. I started getting reflection booklets in my office at the church um, back in August you know, oh. I'm finished with Advent by the time it's here. And I'm, oh. I'm reading Lenten booklets now to try to figure out what we can distribute. So a lot of parishes will grab those and distribute those throughout the parishes. So how do you how do you obtain reflection booklets or prayer? Set aside time every day for prayer, for individual prayer, you know, as people of faith. And then as family prayer, you know, for your children. So how do you increase that for your children? Um, blessed that my teenage daughter's get that and they've gotten it for a long time because they know that oh okay here comes advent mama's going to pull out something you yes. know some kind of so they anticipate mm-hmm. that well what is it now well when so when do you pray with your family and when do you pray on your own during advent well we're blessed because um i it's intentional for us to have a family meal we always do that the girls and i sit down we have a family meal every night and they eat breakfast together you know so sometimes we will um be able to Put a reflection book out so they can set their day. Because I want them to learn Mm -hmm. how to set the tone of their day. Which normally, you know, a good way to do it just in any other period is to set it with daily liturgy. You know, what's the reading of today? Right. Because it teaches us so much. And it's it's usually carried from Sunday's Mass. Mm -hmm. So when we go to Mass on Sunday, it's carried out through the week until the following weekend. So, so, you know, like this week, it's difficult because we're reading these, these readings you know, but when you get into Advent, you start talking about preparation and preparing the way, preparing your hearts. So something in the morning around breakfast, and it doesn't have to be very long. You know, p- put a little paragraph of prayers. Mm-hmm. Or you even know. an app on your phone. I d- Absolutely. I know I yeah. And it reminds you, set a reminder and a timer to say, hey, this is something, you know, that I can do. And, you know, you, I'm just thinking, your girls are older. Your girls are teenagers. My children are grown. Aaron's children are small. I'm just wondering, Aaron, maybe just in, in terms of your family, what's something that you're thinking that you might do this Advent in terms of preparation thinking, of your family? I'm thinking books yeah. or little yeah. movies, something we can sit down and do together and talk about and point out who is that. That's right. Mary. That's Our Lady. Or there's baby Jesus. So just really... And the angel Gabriel, the angel, I imagine. Yeah. They yes, love the angels. I have a Gabriel, yes. So, oh, um, <laughs> you can explain to him that the so, yeah. angel Gabriel came and uh, the, explaining the Annunciation in three-year-old terms, you know. Yeah. Well, I think maybe just familiar, familiar, oh, I can't even. Familiarizing. Yes. yes. I can't finish that word on the radio today. But um, just making it very part of their lives right beautiful it's it, just something small each each morning and you know mm-hmm. girls i think we need to take a break here such a i mean we could just talk forever but we do need to take a break so when we come back i want to specifically talk about the incarnation itself and just the beauty of that you always speak so 
I, I'm just so moved, Dina, when you tell us about the incarnation. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that. And so you're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, Aaron Franco, and our guest today, Dina DePaula. We'll be right back. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome back, everybody. This is Faith and Good Counsel with Stacey Galino, Aaron Franco, the humble handmaid, and Dina DePaul. And you know, Dina, I forgot to do something last segment. I don't know where my head was. I was just so excited to get into this the topic, but we didn't tell people who you are. <laughs> Look, who's this woman on who air? Who is this woman on air who is so articulate and intelligent, <laughs> speaking it with that southern draw? I just wish you could see how beautiful she is in person, too. But Director of Pastoral Services, services at St. Mm-hmm. Thomas More Catholic Church in Baton Rouge. Past host, you may wonder why she's so articulate, besides the fact she's so brilliant. She was the past host of Catholic Life and Celebrating Her Spirit, one of my all-time favorites, on Catholic TV in the Baton Rouge Diocese. She's got a master's in theology from Our Lady of Holy Cross in New Orleans, Louisiana, and she teaches at the college level. You teach theology coursework, various courses um, in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And most importantly, may I say, you're the mama of two beautiful teenage daughters. Which is my first and primary vocation. Absolutely. <laughs> so better late than never. That too, Dina DePaula is. Goodbye, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. We were, and so I want to get back in in our last part of the show here. We were, we were talking about so beautifully Advent, and I want to touch on the incarnation, and then maybe take us into how do we make that real and present in our homes every day as mamas? Yeah, the incarnation is such a powerful witness to the absolute love of God. That's why it's so important for us to absolutely say yes to him. Um, It's unheard of in the Old Testament that a theophany of God would actually appear um, as man. You know, God became man, Emmanuel, God among us, God with us. So if you look through the Old Testament, you see that the theophanies are the appearances of God. It's a burning bush or it's a voice, you know, it's the wind, it's the, the whisper, whisper, you know, in the wind, which, oh, if we stopped for a minute, we could hear that whisper. But the absolute profound kenosis, okay, his total giving of his only son to us, because the only way that we could possibly relate to God in any way, shape or form in our humanity and for him to redeem us is to become like us. Right. And not only did the spirituality of the original sin need to be redeemed, but also the body. Mm. And so he totally takes on humanity as human. So he's human and divine, which is something that you can study thousands of hours of theology, ask St. Thomas Aquinas, (laughs) and still not come to the answer. You know, so... um, Mm. Ultimately, we we seek to have the beatific vision, which is the heavenly realm of our Lord Jesus. But in the meantime, he gives us his son so that we can behold, you know, and learn from him through sacred scripture, through reading, through prayer. 
And it's very important for us to seep ourselves in our Lord Jesus as much as you can through scripture and through prayer so that you can come to know him because absence and ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Therefore, it's ignorance of God. So how do we come to know God? We come to know his son. Amen. Amen. So it's and so the incarnation is this ultimate opening up of of the face of God, you know, so we can behold him and and actually have something tangible you know, in front of us because we're so physical, you know, right, we're material right. and we're spiritual. Right. So he knew exactly what we needed to get us home to him again. Amen. So it's such a gift. So the actual word incarnation, that speaks to that moment when Our Lady was impregnated with the Holy Spirit. Right. right? So the moment right. of our Christ's conception. And that's why, so I, yeah, that's why we say, you know, incarnate, incarnation in the creed, because there's a difference about being born and being incarnate. We're all born, right? We're right. all birthed, um, if you want to put it in that grammatical sense. But incarnate means God becomes man. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's different. We're not we're not incarnate. You right. know, we're that's born. Right. Yeah. That's we're right. born of the love between a mother and a father, which is a gift and a reflection of the Trinity because it's right. it's giving and it's life giving, life promoting. But when God became man, he became incarnate. So she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and, you know, he was conceived. And thus, you know, you know the rest of his life. Uh, that's <laughs> right. That's right, which we will continue to follow through our liturgical year, will we not? Because there's, there's that order and that rhythmicity and that beauty of our faith. Every year we celebrate that whole cycle of Christ life, birth and death. You know? Right. And I, I just love that he came to us, as you so beautifully put it, but through that openness and that receptivity of the yes of a humble, humble handmaid who total surrender. To I love God. the way our Lord picks the least likely among us. Yes. To do the greatest among us. Oh, it's so beautiful. It is. Such a model for us. Such and we can do that. You know, we can do that. But we have to start with our children when they're young. Yes. And trust in the Lord that whatever we give to them, if we do it in good faith and good hope, that he's going to empower them with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the fact that my children appreciate their participation in the preparations of Advent is not something I forced upon them. It's like, okay, we're just going to do this. And then you let God take over. Mm -hmm. So take a chance with your family this year and do something different. You know, um, instead of traditional red and green, which there's nothing wrong with red and green. Go purple. Right. You I've know? already bought some purple. I just want you to know I've already bought some purple stuff, and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this part so that I know what to do with it. Okay. Well, I have purple tablecloths, which are pretty. I mean, they're not very expensive. I mean, you can find, mm-hmm. well, especially where we live, too, there's lots of purple because That's of a certain football team. That's right. That's um, right. But it's so empowering. It's enriching because, you know, it. It's a, it's a different type of sense of color, you know, mm-hmm. and if you know anything about the philosophy and the psychology of color, purple is mm-hmm. very inviting. It's very calming. It's very warm. It's very rich. Mm-hmm. It's invigorating. So that, number one, so I cover the tables with purple and I, I get some, I don't do purple lights on the tree. I do decorate the tree, though. We were talking about that, Erin, at the break. We pull out our tree and uh, we decorate it with memories of vacations, every time we go somewhere, we'll grab an ornament that represents where we went. Oh. This year we went to Savannah, you know, oh. so we have a Savannah, you know, ornament that we can't wait to put on. And what we do is we think about how it brought our family together and our yeah. vacation there. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, things like that. We have pictures of loved ones that have gone before us. Mm-hmm. My grandparents, some friends, you know, people that we want to hold in memory. Because mm-hmm. this is a difficult time of year it for is. people that have had mm-hmm. a, a grief or a great loss. So we hold them in, in, in closeness. We put angels on the tree. It's, it's a very religious tree, if you want to call it that. Um, but we also do, you know, the secular things, too. We appreciate Santa Claus for what he represents. St. Nicholas represented this, this, how do you give to people? You know, how do you surrender to yourself and give to people? And I do a little a snowman station because we don't have snow it's in South Louisiana <laughs> very often. So it kind of brings back the joy of when we do have snow and the, the kids are outside at 4 o'clock in the morning because that's the only time they'll ever get up at 4 o'clock in the morning down <laughs> it's here. for the snow. If it's snowing. <laughs> So candles, you know, light candles. Be careful if you have little children. Light candles yeah. around the dinner table. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, kind of celebrate that moment together. Play music. You know, there's beautiful classical yes. Christmas music, instrumental. And, right. The Advents, uh, I'm sorry, the non, the Ephesus nines. I'm, yes. I'm, it's, yeah. it's escaping me, but that is some beautiful, stunning music that just came out last year. And then one of my favorite things that we were talking about, too, is the crushes, you know, oh, your nativity yeah. scenes. We don't put Jesus, we don't put the baby Jesus in the crash. We keep him out. So the whole crash is, is placed, the animals. Right, Mary, Joseph, angels, yeah, everything. And I have crushes all over the house. It's mm-hmm. just something that people give me. I really don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me think for a moment. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I, I started when they were little, the girls were little, and I would put all the baby Jesuses in a box and wrap it in gold, mm-hmm. and I would hide it. And then on Christmas Eve, I would, I would stick it at the very underneath, the, all the presents under the tree. So Amy, my little one, was always looking for baby Jesus. Where I said, well, Amy, he hasn't come yet. He hasn't come. Aww. So at the end of the Christmas present opening Christmas morning, she would find the skull package. I remember the first time she found it, she's like, Mom, what is this? Who is this for? I said, well, it's to our family. So she opens it, and she just squeals. She's like, here's oh, baby Jesus. Jesus. So she puts him in the crib. Now, that's not an original idea. I'd heard that from another mom a long time ago. But it's so wonderful to pass those on. And to this day... Yeah, they're 16 and 18. They look for the gold package, mm-hmm. and they, they oh. she puts Jesus in all the crushes. I just think that is so moving. And so that, that, that needs to happen this year at it's our so home, fun. too. I would it's like exciting. to come to your house. Come on. <laughs> I want to come oh, to your house and see. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> oh, the beautiful. But thing. I do keep one nativity scene out the entire year. It's a do giant you? snow globe, and I keep it out all year long wow. to remind me of where we came from. Wow. Well, I think, um, I know, Erin, you're in a bit of a transition. You've just moved back here to, to Baton Rouge. And so um, I'm sure that in your in your home now uh, that you're going to do some beautiful things with your children. And I wish we had some more time. I'm, I'm getting that message that we're about to run out of time. So maybe, Dean, it's just some final parting words um, to our listeners about I, Advent. I think the biggest gift that we can give our families during Advent and give ourselves is the gift of humility that we were talking yes. about earlier and finding time, look in your parishes or neighboring parishes or cities to see what they are doing. Advent missions, reflection booklets, prayer hours, anything that you can make this more of a celebration of what's to come, which is Christmas Day. Amen. Well spoken. Well, I hope you've heard some 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 beautiful wisdom today from our guest, Dina DePaula. I, I certainly have. I hope it's warmed your heart. I hope it's given you some actual take-home points of how you might make, you know, as women, we want to make a home for our families. We want our families to, to be loved and to be shown love. And I, Dina has certainly given us 
such a, a, a history of, of doing that in her own family. And so I'm, I'm, I know I'm moved. I'm sure that you are too. And so I hope uh, and wish for, for all of you a blessed and holy Advent season as we move into that beautiful uh, time of, of our liturgical year. And with that, I would just want to wish you uh, um, blessings of God upon you all until we meet again here at Faith and Good Counsel. Um, and Pox Christie, see you next time. Bye-bye.